Welcome to today's uh, Saturday morning meditation meetup. It's great to see you all. Uh, looks like we've got a pretty good crowd this morning. Um, and uh, I'm actually in the middle of chewing on breakfast, so I'm going to see if I can get somebody to say something while I chew on breakfast, and then uh, we can proceed from there. Um, does anybody have a a uh, tearing desire to go first. Oh, I should say, since there are a lot of new people on the call today, um, the way these go is that um, I just like open up the floor for people to talk about, you know, issues they're having with their practice. And then, you know, I may make suggestions. Uh, it's quite possible that somebody else may make suggestions. Um, everybody is certainly welcome to make suggestions. Um, and, uh, you know, there are, there are a few people here who are sort of notorious for making suggestions, like Gilbert is fairly notorious and Jean-Francois is fairly notorious. Um, so, uh, so don't be alarmed. Um, so anyway, having said that, uh, does anybody have something that they would like to talk about? Okay, well, we can all just go home now. Jeff, do you want to say something? It looks like Jeff and Jan are both uh, both keen to say something. Uh, I don't really have much to say um, other than a question. Um, I know that Chula Dasa recommends uh, the counting practice for uh, beginning and then recommends that we kind of let that go once we get to a certain um, count. And I, I just also recently um, ran across a practice. Uh, it's called Soham where you bet, you know, you breathe in. So you let out go hum. I think this might be a Mahayana thing and you count to 10 and then you do that 10 times and then you do that 10 times. So like supersets of 10, one and a hundred. And I, I tried that one time and for whatever reason that seems to give my brain enough to sort of chew on mm -hmm. that. I don't seem to have so much discursive thought, mm -hmm. um, but now I'm not TMI compliant. So I'm uh, any thoughts on that. Shame on you. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, wow, I'm just loving Jan's backdrop, all those books. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so what you're describing is perfectly fine if it's working for you. Um, the question that you, that you're going to run into is, is whether, so basically what you now have is a meditation object that is, um, the words plus maybe the breath. And if that's working for you and keeping your attention um, entrained, uh, that seems fine. Um, I would just suggest that you experiment with it and see where it leads you. The, the one thing to um, think about with the, the numbers is that, uh, you know, so that's a great way to get some, some uh, continuity. But at some point, you might want to see if you really still need that, um, because you know it may it may there's there's a certain amount of 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 like I don't know goal goalness about that 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 may get in your way at some point. But you know if it's if it's working for you and you're having good sits that are that feel like they're you're developing so remember the point of tmi is not to have a good sit although obviously ultimately you should be having good sits but 
the point of TMI is to develop the skill set that allows you to have um, stability of attention, that allows you to, to accurately scope your attention, um, and that allows you to reach the various higher states, you know, the, the, uh, the states where, you're, where you have uh, pacification of the body and pacification of the senses. And so, you know, in the short term, I would just do what you're doing and see if it seems like it's carrying you in that direction. And if it is, then great. And if it starts to feel like maybe it's not, that's when I would start to reevaluate. Um, but, you know, there are definitely, you know, some people get a lot of momentum out of different things. Like I know people who, uh, who use a mantra practice in a very TMI-like style where instead of, um, instead of like sort of the, the, the style that people normally do mantra practice in is you just mindlessly repeat the mantra or you try to be mindful, but basically you wind up just mindlessly repeating the mantra over and over again. And uh, it just becomes uh, a way to become dull. Um, but you can say the mantra and bring up the feeling that the, you know, understanding what the mantra means because mantras uh, in certain traditions have meanings as opposed to just being meaningless syllables, right? So understand what the mantra means, bring up the feeling that that mantra brings up, and then hold that feeling until, until it fades completely. And then um, when it's faded completely, renew it and just keep doing that. And that allows you, that gives you an object that, 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 um, that can be engaging and, and very powerful. So uh, that's, almost, that's almost like the ascension practice, isn't it? Uh, coincidentally, that is exactly the ascension practice. Yes. So, um, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just keep playing with it. Thanks. Okay, cool. I only spoke because nobody else was speaking up. Sure, sure. Okay, well, uh, Jan also raised his hand. So, Jan, do you want to go next? Yes, that would be nice. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm at my parents' house, so ah. uh, it's, it's their books. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, thank you for the advice uh, last week. Mm-hmm. because that really helped me um and also sam but sam isn't here uh today um yeah sam was on fire last week yeah <laughs> he really helped me mm-hmm. but um so um this week i really let go of like the forcing effort i was doing or applying and um because of that my sits became a lot more enjoyable um relaxed and every time my timer went off, I was like, oh, damn, it's really time. So, um, yeah, it got way better. Um, I actually was managed, I managed to reach the Janet uh, um, almost every sit. Um, sometimes not as long, sometimes uh, a long period, which is great. Um, but then um, I had some questions. One was about stage eight. and. Um, one thing I noticed was um, like today I just had a sit where I, after 10 minutes, I was able to reach um, access concentration and afterwards I get always like this diffuse light and then I can reach the jhanas uh, and I managed to reach, I think uh, I was steady in the third jhana. I think I reached the fourth and then I popped out and I got this like restlessness through my body and I think an energy and restlessness. Um, do you maybe know what that is or uh, why that's happening? Um, 
I don't have a specific clue about that. I wonder if maybe Jean-Francois or Gilbert has some experience with that they could share. <laughs> Putting everybody on the spot. Um, yeah. It sounds like a very specific description. It sounds like it's uh, maybe not something that we can talk about generalities about it. Um, yeah, but um, it keeps happening like uh, more often than uh, just today. Uh, I mean, do you think it could just be a stage seven purification? Like some, yeah. some kind of conditioning coming up? Um, to me or? Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm that. That's what I was wondering as well, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was asking it. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would suggest that you just, you know, take that as a theory and, and investigate, like, like become curious about where this restlessness is coming from. See if you can find it energetically. Um, because sometimes um, you may notice at first that you have this restlessness and you don't really know what's going on. Or you have some phenomenon in the body. I mean, restlessness is just one example, right? You have some phenomenon coming up in the body. And if you kind of get quiet and mindful and notice what's happening in the body, you may be able to localize it and you may be able to um, investigate it. Um, and what I mean by investigate is not like, you know, come up with some theory or analyze some theory or something like that. It's more just like kind of look at it and explore it and see what's going on. Um, I can't give you a clearer pointer than that because it's usually very, very experience, experiential. It's not, it's not uh, logical or, you know, analytical. So see if you can, see if you can, you know, like just get curious about it and see if you can find any, any kind of, you know, handle on it, so to speak. Okay. Well, one thing I would, I would say is, um, can anyone hear me? I think so. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, is, yeah, just to, instead of trying to localize it, just to see if, and instead of all, I do think like the, the simplest explanation is oftentimes the best. And so just to see it as, okay, it's restlessness that's coming up and it's an opportunity to kind of sit with the restlessness and um, learn to be okay with the restlessness. And the more that you're able to do that, actually, it inevitably like dissolves and passes. All right. And I'll try that. Thanks. And um, for stage eight, um, when you go like um, uh, to the effortlessness of stage eight, that does also mean that you drop intention, right? If I'm correct, or Mm. I, I, I'm not a particular expert on stage eight, but I certainly wouldn't think that you drop intention. You just aren't forcing intention. Like you don't have to, you don't have to sit there and renew the intention, but the intention is still sitting there. I would say that uh, at stage eight, you see the intention arising on their own, but I don't know if it's stage eight, but it feels to me that at some point, I don't know what stage, not really interested too much in putting labels on stages, but at some point the effort 
effortlessness just feel like intentions are also arising on their own. So that the thing you're doing first is you're trying. Then you realize, oh, it's true. You just need to set intention and then it works. And then there's the step after and you're like, oh, I don't need to set intentions. They're setting themselves. Chula Dasa says at the top of page 16 about stages 8 through 10, the intention is simply to keep practicing using skills that are now completely effortless. That's it. Good one. Mm -hmm. I think that was well explained. Yeah. I I think, yeah. I love quoting scripture. Hmm. I'll tell Chula Dasa you said that. Also, Actually, I'll for, probably forget, but for Jan or Jan, I don't know how to pronounce your name. How is it? Uh, the second one, Jan. Jan. Yeah, don't you feel like experience is changing all the time? And I would be surprised if you keep doing this and in two weeks after 14 meditations or 24 meditations or 50 meditations, if you still feel the same thing then it should be something that we can talk about because it must be something that everybody's feeling. But I would bet that it's going to change. All right. Yeah, because um, I was struggling with effort uh, where we were talking about last week and I was really just trying to get the intention right and not forcing myself to uh, pay attention. But then I noticed like the intention rising a bit on its own but i was thinking oh this must be still the effort going on in stage seven but i think i also was experiencing more like the effortlessness and stuff like that but i wasn't really sure about it so that's why i was wondering well when you said the effort is the effort from whom sorry when you say the effort is the effort from whom and in that moment yeah, so um, this was last week, and that was really me forcing, like more forcing, which was mm. not correct. Um, so I didn't do that <clears throat> anymore. And um, now it's just more like rising on its own and uh, going better. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just, uh, in the end, I think it's just the same thing happening, just a change in perspective. It's really a a different way of seeing it. From one window, it looks like I'm doing it. From the other window, it looks like it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. That's what I'm experiencing. Or Mm. that's the experience. (laughs) 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 Nice. Yeah, that's the experience. uh, How it is now, yeah. So it's not like that I'm applying the effort anymore but it's just coming on its own which is uh, this hard to talk about really yeah doesn't quite fit into language okay oh santu if you're speaking we're not hearing you okay um all right well uh Thanks everybody for uh, joining in on that. Um, does somebody else have something they would like to raise? Someone new, maybe. 
Yeah. Uh, I can ask a question. Can you guys hear me first off? Yep. Yeah, okay, hi. So uh, this is my first meeting here. Thanks. Uh, thanks for running these. Uh, yeah. Ted. This Welcome. is like a great forum. Yeah. Um, my question, I just want to take a poll about uh, doing labeling in stage four and above stage four. I kind of have like a love-hate relationship with this and that it seems to work effectively. Uh, and I, I really get a lot out of labeling in daily life too. So I'm kind of reinforcing the habit all the time. But uh, it's clear that this is not, this is contrary to maintaining stable attention on my object. So I don't really know whether I should apply this sometimes and not other times. Like maybe that's the solution and not some sort of uniform answer at all times. Uh, but I just like to know what other people did and what worked for them. Uh, I I can so uh, given given the way you phrased the question, um, I think it would be nice if if, if more than just me more people than just me answered. Uh, but I'll give you my answer. Yeah, sure. uh, for what it's worth, which is that um, I played with labeling when I needed it to to uh, to get stability of attention, or to not so much to get stability of attention, to, but to get over various obstacles. But I don't actually use it on a regular basis now, mm. and it's it's not what Chula doesn't really teach labeling as something you do on a regular basis. It's just a tool that you use to get to get to you know over obstacles you're running into in meditation. So, mm -hmm. so I think your, your instinct there is right, that, that, that in fact it is potentially an obstacle if you just keep doing it. I mean, there's lots of things that, if you, that, that are really useful tools, like counting, for example, but if you just keep doing it forever, maybe that's not the right answer. Maybe it is, I don't know. But uh, you know, the, the labeling process is actually very similar to the noting practice of the Mahasi, progress, Mahasi style progress of insight stuff. Yeah. And, um, Chuladasa actually specifically recommends not doing that um, until you reach stage seven because that way you have more stability of attention and more mindfulness while you're doing it. So um, there's that. But uh, does anybody else have any uh, recollections or, or current experience about this that they'd like to share? I'll say a little bit. The, it makes me think of um, Shinzen Young's practice. It fits in very well there. and. Uh, you know his whole progress. His whole um, system is 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 based on that, and it, it really seems like it ends up in the same place. It's very uh, you know uh, comparable to uh, as far as the openness and, and uh, uh, lovingness and meta. Uh, you know the same as uh, Chuladasa. So it's just a. I think it's different different paths going to the same place. It's it's way my my opinion. Ken? Yeah, I was going to jump in and, and say I kind of found it useful as a, as a tool, sort of up to and through stage four, along with most of the other things. But recently, doing any kind of technique just seems like too much work. I just want to do absolutely nothing and just kind of watch. And whenever I start, you know, if I start off counting, it's it's just... God damn, this counting is so fucking distracting. Just stop counting already and just watch. And kind of feels like most other techniques are the same way. Anybody else? One thing I'll say about sort of the, the Shinzen technique is that I think it's somewhat different from um, how other people, maybe Mahasi or how other people use noting. Um, and that is 
you know, at least from my understanding of the Shinzen technique is um, he recommends you note, but then you actually, with every single note, you really want to, to like soak in completely um, and almost like like pause with the note too. Like so, so you pause and you're soaking in, um, you know, the entire sense of whatever it is you noted. And so it's not just, you know, the emphasis is not, so much on just like okay I have to label it but it's like okay wait I label it but let me use that as like um, a spotlight of attention but not just of attention to but also bring in a, your full awareness to and so that's something that I think sometimes people um, you know they, they don't always do that or maybe they do I don't know I don't know what people are doing but um, yeah and that's one thing that, that at least you know, my understanding of it, what Shinzen sort of really emphasizes, because he wants to bring out sort of the um, the sensory clarity of, of the, what you're noticing, also the equanimity, and that that equanimity is, I think, it, it, it's integral to that soaking in. Isn't that called um, penetrating the object? I think so. Absolutely. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think in Sam Harris in his uh, meditation app, that's kind of the same thing. He says, um, when you notice you're being distracted, look at the thought itself and look where it goes. Where is it going? Is it disappearing? The emphasis is really on what's happening to the thought itself. I've experimented a little bit with this I remember this morning, I did this this morning actually. I had some images, I could, I could feel some, some things in awareness trying to pop in. So then I, it becomes overwhelming and I'm like, hmm, I should probably check in just to calm this down. I'm, I'm gonna check in. So I'm checking in and then I just see the, the whole movie that I had started in, in the thoughts, it was like visual things, starts to, to stutter kind of. And just freezes on one image, and then it just doesn't go anywhere. Just an image. Huh? Okay. Sometimes in my experience, it feels like when I have a, a train of thoughts, and I intentionally decide, oh, I'm going to watch it now. Then it stops, and there's nothing else. Then I'm like, what's the point talking to myself, self-talk? What's the point of pushing th some thoughts if you can't show them to me when I want and when I want to see them? I don't know if anyone had that experience before, but I have this a lot. You have some pretty fun experiences, Jean-Francois. Um, so uh, do you feel like, uh, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce your name, by the way. Uh, my name is Jolt. Jolt, okay. All right, yeah, so um, yeah, do you feel like you got an answer to your question? Yeah, that's, uh, that kind of confirms my suspicion, which is what I thought the answer would be. Um, okay. yeah, I'm definitely satisfied with that. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thanks for the question. Uh, who's next? I can just add something uh, for that question. It's, uh, you, you, you said something about single-pointed attention in daily life. So I assume you were talking uh, off sitting meditation. Yeah, that's right. I was, uh, I was more talking about uh, just uh, trying to control mind wandering in daily life, which uh, 
which I've pretty effectively done using this. And actually, Sam Harris's technique that you were talking about uh, was, was the other technique, or is the other technique that I use. Mm. Yeah, because having single point in detention during the day, I think this is, this is really hardcore. This is hard to achieve. I mean, I've, never, I've never achieved single point in detention while doing some, some tasks in daily life. I'm definitely not trying to achieve anything like that, just to avoid mind wandering when it's not helpful. Mm. I think this is uh, then it's really helpful to label, but maybe you should look into noting instead of labeling, because labeling is just one part of noting, and noting can be done uh, without words, just by recognizing the things that that's there. And if it's enough, then you don't need to put a word on it. You don't need to label it. What What do you mean by note? If there's no uh, if there's no label attached to it, then I think you should read the Shinzen Jung. Noting technique. There's a PDF online. I'm, I'm going to try to find it. And while the other ones are telling the questions, I will put the link and then you can read about it. It's all explained the different yeah. noting techniques. I think Jula Dasa even said something about that. Um, and when he was talking about noting and labeling that, that as the, as the, uh, as the noting gets faster, uh, you might let go of the labeling or you might simplify the labeling. So that it's not, you know, you're not like trying to creatively come up with some detailed label, but just sort of very, very straightforward stuff. Daniel Ingram talks about this in his Mastering the Core Teachings of the Buddha book, um, where he gets, you know, you get to the point where the labeling coming up with a, a language or verbal concept of what it is that you're noticing just gets in the way. You just notice that something arises and he, he calls it zapping aliens, almost like space invaders, where he just goes that, that. That, 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 he just like tags them with just a very quick little internal, I guess that's a label, but a label without meaning. It's like a label that nobody's written anything on. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing I'll say is going back to sort of to, to Shinzen, uh, he doesn't emphasize that you need to actually do those, those noting fast, you know, in, in a fast, um, fast frequency. Right. And, and he emphasized the importance, I think, is more on actually the soaking in, right, to really noticing and being with sort of, you know, whatever you're, you're with. So it could just be, um, you know, one note a second or a couple seconds, right, and that's perfectly fine. And that's in sort of in contrast to, to Daniel Ingram, who really, you know, pushes and really advocates the, the, the truncating experience into, you know, that, 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 um, yeah, it's interesting that, that that there's there are these different, very different approaches to to the problem that you know seem to lead you to to different places, but nevertheless also seem to be uh, beneficial for getting you to the same place ultimately. Anyway, there's another another uh, interesting technique about noting that I had not really thought about before, before I heard it for the first time. I, I saw that from um, the YouTube channel of that guy on Reddit that wrote all the things about stage four. What's his name again? Uh, are you talking about Nick Rabovac? Or? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't know he had he a, has YouTube. a YouTube channel. Ooh. And he has a video <laughs> where he talks about noting or labeling. I'm not even sure if it's in the title of the video, but he talks about this in one video and he says, Notice that any experience, there's, there's the content of experience. Maybe you're thinking about a boat 
into some some visual imagery and then you can note boat or you can note image like you, you can note what's the container of the thought and and then you just note image 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 uh, talk 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 image talk and this is a very different way of noting and when I tried this for the first time it felt really strange it's like you slowly let go of the content of the thought and it almost feels like in my experience there was a I saw a craving for wanting to know what's inside the containers I was not so interested in oh this is an image but I wanted to know okay but what's in that image I want to follow the movie I, give me a little bit of it and as I was doing this it felt at some, some sometimes it feels like you've been able to really stick to this practice but then there's a craving that forms in and i felt like hmm but maybe i could note what's inside the image just for a while just to feel good a little bit almost you, felt like there was there was a craving for thinking or you could note the craving also yeah anyway carrie's had her hand up for quite a while so let's uh, let's let her ask whatever she's got going the first thing I wanted to say was about the noting um, and that one thing that I found very useful was the focusing on a particular focus space in Shenzhen's terms, like in just sight. And then it became more of an exercise of like zapping aliens. It's just like sight, 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 sight. And it wasn't that eliminated the need for labels and emphasized the actual noting and what the difference was, because it was just like affirmative, affirmative, bingo, um, and things like that. And then switching maybe to image, mental image, and then saying mental image, mental image, mental image. And then I was able to kind of pull it in, um, and then it's like, yes, something I know, something I know, something I know, even when it was different things. And I'm sure underneath that there was image and whatever, but it was, the words weren't coming to mind. But that I got from focusing on narrower focus spaces. But my question, um, it's been a year since I've been here and I'm not even sure sure actually ken is it maybe looks familiar <laughs> but um anyway so i've been struggling recently with my practice and i thought maybe trying to articulate the struggle would either clarify it for me or help somebody else clarify it for me and that i spent quite a few months of very minimal practice five or 15 minutes a day, just a token. Um, and then resumed again, um, like an hour to an hour and a half a day. And at the same time, I also started not quite getting enough sleep. And I've noticed that some days things work out really nicely if I've had enough sleep. And if I don't, um, I'm not quite sure what to do about it, but this is what happens. So I sit and I, you know, gradually come into 
paying attention to the breath of my nostrils. And if I actually try to discern that sensation apart from anything else, just actually even have it be distinguished from the sensations on my face or whatever. Um, it's not like just turning my attention to it. It's like turning a fire hose to my face that obliterates any chance of discerning any detail whatsoever. It's almost... Um, and the analogy I can think of is if you have a hose with water and block off part of the opening, what, what comes out is coming out with a lot of force. And so I felt like I was directing so much force here that my whole face turned like a um, congealed putty and that I couldn't tell my nose from my lips. And so I was like, okay, that's not working. So I tried the exact opposite to just sit and relax and do nothing. And the intention to pay attention to my nostrils would actually pop out of the chaos. And suddenly there would be that nice, beautiful little sensation right where I expected it to be and be wonderful. But I would still have enough monkey mind for it not to be quite stable and it would jump around. And as it stabled out, then I would hit dullness. And so it kind of got so that, and when I say do nothing, I would mean the slightest sensation of a conscious intention to pay attention to my, the sensation of my nostrils would be like hitting myself in the face again. So it was um, pretty immediate feedback. So I'd like do nothing. And then I could just notice that the sensation was there. But then, but even when it was stable, it would eventually come to dullness because I had to so deliberately relax everything and not do anything to get there. And so I kind of felt like I was overshooting things in both directions with at least a brief glimmer of what I was aiming for um, with the kind of do nothing. And I was just wondering, and it's definitely, okay, getting more sleep, that's the obvious one, but is there anything to do in the short run during the sit that might help other than just watching it? So, um, yeah, I mean, one thing is, so if it's happening when you're, when you're less energized and not happening when you're more energized, um, then uh, it's probably when you're more energized, the behavior isn't fully, isn't quite as automatic as it needs to be. But um, what I would suggest with the, so, so when, you, when you just sit there and allow intentions to arise on their own, which sounds like the right thing to do, then another problem arises. It's not that you're doing something wrong. It's that mm -hmm. there's something that you're not doing that you need to be doing. Yes. Um, and the I thing that you need to be doing is noticing, and I, I'm not, I don't know exactly what it is, but, 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 but sort of thematically, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. noticing that dullness is arising and doing some antidote action for the dullness, which is probably not going to be 
increasing your intention to focus on the nose because then you get slapped in the face with a fish, right? <laughs> yes. Um, the octopus. Oh, the octopus. So I call it, well, yeah, it's, it's not really a fish, but yeah. So, <laughs> Close so, enough. <laughs> yeah, you want to avoid the octopus. So, so, um, so what I would uh, suggest, and this may or may not work for you, but it's what I do, um, is try to um, have an intention to have more clear awareness of feelings in the body. Not attention on feelings in the body, but awareness of feelings in the body. Mm. Um, so in other words, your attention, don't have it in, you, you already have the right intention about where your attention is. You don't need to adjust that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But see if you can add an intention to just notice sensations in the body. And uh, we were talking about this last week, and I think I suggested like noticing the sensation of the skin between your little toe and your second little toe or something like that, because it's just like this sort of edge thing that, you know, you can totally do because you, you feel that all the time. But, um, but it, having, having that intention form actually then winds up having a cascade effect that increases the amount of experience that you have of the body. You could also try noticing scents. Um, so, uh, so see if you actually smell anything. Just, just ask that question. Am I aware of, of, of odors? Um, mm -hmm. And see if that produces a little bit, see if, see if that counteracts the dullness. Um, and what you're going for here is to have, you know, so you already have this automatic thing where the intention to have attention on the nose is arising. So see if you can also get this other automatic thing of counteracting dullness to, to happen. Yeah. So I, I have something I want to say. Yeah. Um, as, as you're describing, I mean, I, that sounds very familiar to me, right, what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and for, the, for some time, I kind of assumed that, you know, all of that pressure was kind of a problem or not, not a problem, but it meant I was doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And what I started doing maybe a couple months ago, and so I'm still working on it, but, and that's, it's actually kind of just going with the pressure. And so bringing up the strong sensation mm -hmm. and then just getting with it and like, you know, seeing if it, uh, you know, if it changes or not just changes, but seeing if it loosens up. And it seems like maybe slowly, over the long term, it does seem to be loosening up. And actually, like, mm -hmm. I, I kind of think that's, that's a necessary step in the practice. Yeah. Um, and I think anything else is almost like, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're there's this roadblock, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, you're trying to go around and trying to go around, but actually it's like, no, but this is the path. And um, the path is, you know, recognizing what happens when, you know, you're, mental power gets strong enough, it starts mm -hmm. getting sort of stable enough, um, you know, like all these things are really, really working right, but then you're, you're just becoming aware of something mm -hmm. that I think was already there, you know, or, and, and um, yeah, and it just, it seems like the more you're, I, I'm able to sort of be with it, that one, yeah, it starts to, 
to dissolve. And I don't know, it does seem like it, um, you know, increases sort of conscious power that's available to the system overall. Mm -hmm. And also there's more equanimity, um, even off the cushion, um, Mm -hmm. even, yeah, yeah. And, and I, yeah, there's something like that. Yeah. No, that's, I, I hear what you're saying too. And you're both right, even though they sound contradictory. And I don't know why that's right, but, <laughs> um, and yeah, cause I've, I've noted, I do consider to some extent the face sensations to be a very positive indication of something's working right. In fact, um, it's a constant in my life and it's not unpleasant except for in the very extremes of um, drowsiness um, where, yeah, in very certain extremes. Um, but so yes, sometimes it, it is an issue of working through it and accepting it. But there is also kind of an awareness thing, too. Yeah, there's, and I need more sleep. <laughs> sleep is good. Well, I mean, and, and there are ways that we almost all need more sleep, yes. right? Um, and to me, actually, the, the needing more sleep is, it's only in the most extreme cases that that's, I think the issue, particularly if someone's like a regular meditator, um, you know, I mean, I'd be thinking, yes, well, right. okay, yeah, sure, you need more sleep. I mean, sure, w- work on that. But um, there's also just the element is there's a lot to learn from illness and learn to, mm-hmm. um, you know, how continuing to sharpen your mind, train your mind, um, even in less than ideal condi- and conditions, because of course those mm-hmm. ideal conditions, I mean, they're, they're still fleeting, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess I, I always, yes, if you, if you get more sleep, but like, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's kind of like a secondary problem, right? And that's like I separate agree. from dealing with dullness and meditation. Yep. Yes. I just want it to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, well, and, and, and I think, I think it's like, uh, it's part of like the stage seven process where he starts talking about, you know, energy channels opening up and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And it's, that was always a section that, you know, it's a little bit, always a little bit harder to understand, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless, unless you've fully gone through it and stuff and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 No, I, mm-hmm. I kind of know what that was. Um, but I once you're somewhere in the middle of it, you're like, oh, wow, what, what is this thing, right? What is, what is going on? Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I have noticed that there's interesting, there are times where dullness seems really, really strong, and then it could quickly shift. But, of course, when that happens, when it quickly shifts, uh, there's, it, it shifts, and um, it feels like there's, there's a release. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a release of uh, tension, something that you're holding, or even just, yeah, like something not purified, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's but it's interesting, and, and also sometimes 
sometimes it, it doesn't go all the way to the shifting. Sometimes, okay, it starts releasing, but then it starts going to um, something more deeply unpleasant, right? But, but again, that's part of the process of the purification. Mm-hmm. Um, like a sneeze. You can start feeling it, like a sneeze or one thing is sort of, you know, starting to feel really sick as like the mm-hmm. dullness is releasing, you start, you know, um, and so, until that goes away or starting to feel anxious until that goes away or, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's like a stage seven type purification thing and part of a, that process of opening yeah. up, you know, body channels and stuff. Yep. No, I, I think so too, even though I'm spending a lot of time in stage four, um, it's not uncommon for me to have stage four and seven like things kind of at the same time, just switching from one to the other. Um, oh, definitely. Because yeah. um, if you have something that even in that, well, I mean, what happens is like the, the mind will easily go back down to stage four easily. If there's something that's like really stressing it or um, mm-hmm. that's starting to overwhelm or, or just, you know, yeah, that, that's where the mind goes sort of from, you could, you could be, you could be at stage, stage 10, stage nine, stage eight, but if like strong circumstances, um, you know, stressful circumstances start pushing you, it could bring you, it starts bringing you down, right? Brings you down to like you mm-hmm. know, stage four, potentially even I guess lower than that. But that's just the factor of, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stressful kind of causes and conditions. And, you know, you haven't, you know, that you haven't quite yet, for that particular stressful cause and condition, you haven't particularly learned, learned how to deal with it, like the antidote mm-hmm. to it. And so, of course, yeah. you know, and then the meaning of it, then you start to, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I got this. And then mm-hmm. you can continue on from stage four or you know, moving back up mm-hmm. again. Yeah, stage and it would four. make perfect sense with like a stage seven purification, right? Like if you, I mean, if you know, it can quickly start to bring you down to stage four, right? Because you got something mm. purifying and then, you know. <laughs> yes. Wait, uh, you're muted. Sorry, I was going to say one of, one of the things that, that uh, I've been observing recently is that, you know, I, I tend to identify myself as being at stage four, even though I know I have all of these non-stage four experiences. And the, I think I've, I've realized that the reason that that's going on is because I'm actually making progress at the higher stages. But, um, but when I make the progress at the higher stages, often something comes up that requires uh, some, some real work to do, not real work exactly, but, but there's something that I have to work through. And, and whatever that thing is, the way I work through it is by doing stage four practices. And so, mm-hmm. so it's, it's not, that, yes. it's not that I'm actually practicing at stage four. It's just that one of the, one of the, the uh, things that I visit in the process of doing this thing that I'm working on is stage four. And, and that's, that's actually been kind of helpful for me because I'm like always wondering like, why is it that I have, why is it that I'm practicing at stage four? And yet like I keep hearing people say things and being able to give them suggestions when they're not at stage four. Um, so I think that's part of it, but yeah, it's, it's stage four is this really useful tool. It's like, it's like the, uh, the central, uh, the central place where you go when, when, (laughs) when there's work to be done. Yeah, no, I I agree completely. Yeah. 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 Yes. Anyway.
by the way, uh, people have been raising their hands by clicking on the raise hand button, which you can, if you click on, uh, well, for me, it says manage participants. I don't know. See you later, Jeff. I don't know what it says for you guys, but it's to the right of invite and to the left of share. Um, that'll bring up a little dialogue and then you can click on raise hand. And, and I think that's working pretty well because um, otherwise, uh, first of all, people are a little shy because they don't want to, they don't want to raise their hand and, and conflict with someone else. And so this lets us sort of have a, an automatic process and look, it's working. Jacob. Hi. <laughs> Uh, do you hear me? Yes. Yes. Nice. Uh, well, so it's my first time here. So yes, I didn't know where raising hand happened. So I was looking for you actually. Hey. So thanks. <laughs> um, so yeah. So thanks for for running this. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Um, uh, yeah. Also thanks Ted because you answered me a couple of questions in in Reddit in the, the TMI subreddit a couple of times. So. <laughs> You're welcome. So just to give some quick uh, introduction from, from, from me. So I started meditating with, uh, following the Mind Illuminated like uh, in September. Um, so I'm practicing in stages four and six, uh, between stages four and six mainly. Um, so I would have uh, two questions. <laughs> so, but I start with the first one, depending how long it takes. So yes, I. I let the second one for uh, next time. Um, so the first question would be, so uh, recently I kind of had some realization that I could uh, like set the intention and just that things happen automatically. <laughs> Even though it's written everywhere, I just came to understand it a, more deeply, a bit more deeply like, like in, during the last weeks. Um, but my problem is that when I'm able to do it during my session, um, so the, 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 somehow me, my brain decides to take as object of uh, attention, not the tip of my nose as I try usually to, uh, to set my attention, but it takes like the base of my nose. Like I have some pressure continuously in, or in many of my sessions, like some pressure here and my brain decides it's, yeah, so to meditate on this instead of the tip of my nose. And then I have this conflict of this conflict thinking like, uh, okay, so this is very nice because I'm effortlessly meditating. That sounds like the right thing to do, but I'm not meditating on what I am supposed to meditate or what I would like to meditate. So I can try to correct myself, but that requires to break this effortlessly situation. So I'm, I just don't know what to do in that situation. Like I just keep meditating on whatever it decides to meditate, or I just try to fight it and, and like to correct it. I just don't know what's the right thing to do. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's understandable what I mean. Yes, it's totally understandable and relatable. And it sounds like Jean-Francois has uh, something he wants to say about it. So let's let's hear. I have an idea for what I would do if I were you. Okay. When I notice that my attention really wants to be on something, and it's not just spontaneous movement of attention, and it's not just scanning or, or alternating, it's really my mind wants to meditate on that thing. Yes. Then I seize the opportunity and I'm like, all right, you're going to get on that thing, but you're not going to dive into it. Instead, I'm going to use the, 
the rest of the power that I have because I don't have to to try too much. It's it becomes effortless to meditate on that thing. And maybe sometimes I have the same thing. It's not really the tip of the nose. It's like it's in in these area. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, okay, let's make this the object of attention. But then I put all the focus on trying to expand peripheral awareness. And that's a very good exercise because it's not always that you work with peripheral awareness. And then try to use that, that attention that is uh, doing its thing on its own to put a little bit more energy on trying to find the balance between how much you dive in attention and how much you're aware of the things around you. Because playing with this balance is really useful, I think, for, for the rest of the practice. That's what I would do. So now I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> so uh, I, will, I will add something to what Jean-Francois says. I agree completely with what he said. Um, but the other thing is uh, you can use this opportunity. So when you have that stability, I definitely would not reject it. That sounds great. Don't, don't uh, you know... Don't don't feel like you you have you know you have to fix something because that that's working. But but then um, try to notice like like that attention is in awareness, right? So so whatever it is that your attention is on is in awareness, and then the more as you do what Jean Francois was describing, where you start to work on that balance between attention and awareness, uh, see if the stuff. And, and this is going to be hard to do because, you know, it's like you're messing with intentions and you're messing with attention, but see if you can be aware of what's happening at the tip of your nose while your attention is here. So, so be, or, uh, that's not even the right way to put it. It's more like try to notice that you are aware of what's happening at the tip of your nose. And by the way, if you notice that you aren't aware of what's happening at the tip of your nose, investigate that because awareness is, encompasses everything. You know, there are sensations happening at the tip of your nose all the time. If you're not aware of them, why is that? It's probably because awareness is weak, right? So what you may find as you do what Jean-Francois is suggesting is you may find that you're more able uh, to automatically uh, expand the scope of attention to include not only the sensations here, but also the sensations here. So, so yeah, so I think, I think that's a really good uh, direction to go. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, so basically, take advantage of having a, a, a stable attention and yeah. look into awareness and yep. do stuff with awareness. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> right. Well, so uh, other folks, if they want to, oh, oh, there we go. Uh, so that's Adrian. Uh, let's let Adrian speak. Hello. Uh, I was just uh, a question popped up in my mind that um, I have my salary and I'm always blocked in my nose and uh, I have problems to feel well I guess that I have problems to feel the sensations of of the air at the nostrils uh, because it has been so much time since I am um, with the allergy that I uh, don't remember what it was to not have that in my nose so I don't know how it feels like without that and well I tried for a lot of time 
uh, ear and so to meditate on the nostrils, but it was hard. So, and I decided to be pragmatic and turn to the sensations at, at the stomach, at, at the abdomen. Sorry, and um, uh, because I heard a, a talk by Blake Barton at Dharma Treasure where he said that Shlas said that. You should meditate on the nostrils, but you could use uh, sounds and the abdomen and other places that, that it won't matter. And I was wondering, what do you think about that? Since Chulasa says that it's that the nostrils has so many benefits, and I also heard some time ago that Ken had some problem by moving the object of attention from the abdomen to the nostrils. So, what do you think about it? So um, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, I have allergies too. So uh, my nose gets stuffed up. Um, I usually don't have trouble breathing through my nose even though I'm a little stuffy. Is that your experience as well or are you completely blocked? I, I'm all, I always like, more or less, but I always like if I were in, on a cold. So can you breathe comfortably through your nose or do you have to breathe through your mouth? I can breathe for my for one of my of the okay yeah right yeah so um, so when you <laughs> meditate are you breathing through your nose or are you breathing through your mouth? I'm breathing through my nose. Mm -hmm. My nose. Okay. Because, so then, yeah. Um, I, I, would, mean, I mean, I'm doing it intentionally. I could. Yeah. I could breathe because uh, other meditators' instructions were to breathe through the mouth, mm -hmm. but. Should I say the nose? Yeah. Okay. So the reason I'm asking these questions is because I think that I think that what's going on here is not quite what the story that you've told about what's going on here uh, would suggest. Um, and so, um, so the reason that Chuladasa suggests using using the the sensation at the nostrils is not because there's something particularly special about it, other than that it's pretty dependable. Um, like there's always going to be some sensation there. So if your nose is stuffed up, you should actually be experiencing twice as much sensation in the nostril that's open. So why aren't you? Right? Well, I don't like those sensations. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like this. Right. I so, mean, very hard to bring to the nose with with it <laughs> yeah well that, that's that so, was yeah yeah so this is actually this is actually exactly what i was um pointing to which is which is that um when you have trouble experiencing the sensations at the tip of the nose or wherever in the nose it's really probably not because they aren't there it's because there's something going on that's making you filter them out. And this isn't surprising because, you know, like we've been breathing through our noses our whole lives. And if we spend our whole lives being like, oh man, I'm breathing through my nose, feel that sensation. Oh, we'd never get anything done. Right? So of course your mind filters out the breathing through the nose. So the thing is that, that the, um, the, what you're, part of what you're doing in meditation is, is getting in touch with the body and getting in touch with um, sort of the unfiltered experience. Um, and so 
it's actually really useful to find something that your mind is automatically filtering out and try to not filter it out. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know if, if what we just said is exactly true because I do think that I've lost sensitivity because mm -hmm. of the permanent congestion in the nose. So, and what? How would you lose sensitivity because of the congestion? I mean, I have sinusitis, sinusitis I think it is. Sure, yeah. called. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't, I can, for example, I can't smell like I used to. Mm -hmm. I, I can taste like I used to because mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And I have sensations in, 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 one, in, the, in the hole that is not uh, completely uh, congestioned. I can feel the air through the walls of the hole that I can't feel in the other. Right. So, so that, what you just described is, is the sensation that you're trying to put your attention on. Yeah. So. I mean, but it's just one hole and it's not. So? Okay, okay. I, I, I could use it anyway. But... I mean, I, I, you know, speaking as somebody who also has allergies, apparently not as, bad as badly as you do, but um, yeah, it's, that's, that's, you know, that's something you just have to deal with. And one of the things that's interesting is if you really start putting your attention on those sensations, I've noticed that sometimes um, my sinuses drain, like just spontaneously while I'm meditating, and, and it feels like it's connected to the meditation. Like it's not just a random happening. Of course, I could yeah. just be fooling myself, but but it is yeah. kind of interesting. So yeah, I also I have the dirty dream of meditation and spirituality healing myself from allergies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, that's not to say that you can't use the abdomen, but but whenever somebody says that they're having some kind of like issue and they can't feel the sensations of the breath at the tip of the nose, I always I always kind of zero in on that because it usually points to some kind of avoidance that's going on. And, and, yeah. and whenever, whenever you find yourself doing that, it's really useful to just explore it and see what's going on. And the, of course, the ultimate result of when you explore it is that, the, that you'll, you'll eventually, it'll eventually drop and then you won't have a problem anymore. And so then you can just switch between the abdomen and the nose without any difficulty, at least yeah. in theory. Okay, thank you. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Um, so it looks like Steve has his hand up. Let Steve go. So the um, discussion we had last week about um, moving the uh, using the abdomen for the attention uh, mm -hmm. instead of the nostril, I thought about it quite a bit during the week, and and um, it really focused my practice on it. And what I was thinking uh, quite a bit, or you know, from what my reading and understanding, a lot of the uh, a lot of the energy uh, work uh, practices, you know, yoga, tai chi, uh, martial arts, they're all use the, uh, a lot of use the abdomen as the center. And uh, I think Chula Das also talks about it. He uses the example of a samurai and, you know, the awareness. And so, you know, it's the, the, uh, a samurai with, I think that what we, what most people do, they think of when you're embodying yourself, you think of yourself as here, <laughs> you know, that's just where we 
picture ourselves. So I yep. think the, the benefit, so I think there's the two benefits from to the practice of going to the abdomen for, for using it as a um, focus for the uh, meditation. The one is you're getting away from that, that thinking embodiment, that consciousness, that talking embodiment, and you're, you're going somewhere else where that, that, that might not be. And it's also the expanding of awareness that, and the whole idea of the samurai needing to have you know, the center of their body. And, and if a samurai was, had their focus on their, on their nostrils, they, they wouldn't be an alive samurai very long in a fight because they need to have total awareness of the situation and, and, and cue unconscious um, uh, cues that are going to pick up the whole idea of, you know, you see a rope laying on the ground and you think it's a snake and that's, we're genetically engineered so that that happens. So it's the idea that there are, you know, it's the idea I think of the benefits then are the two. You're moving away from the uh, embodiment of what a lot of us do, thinking of themselves being here and it gives us a chance to break away from that. And also gives you a chance to work on awareness and then that leads into also, I think, the uh, stage five, a lot of the body scanning techniques. And once you have the awareness there, and Chuladasa has you go to the body, you know, the body scanning so that, again, you're working on awareness. You're, you're you know, the, the area where you can get the biggest bang for the buck probably is, is at the nose, which he says, and when you're going into the jhanas and things like that. But I just think that... Uh, and I was using it this week, and it was very helpful for me to, to work on, uh, on, help to work on awareness. That's my yeah, concern. that makes sense. So basically what, uh, to, to sort of re, uh, go back to what I think came up last week, I was saying that, that it's not really that important, uh, specific, the, the, the sitting there and focusing on the abdomen isn't really that important. Uh, but that it's a really useful tool for, for noticing the breath and the body. And I think you're, Counterpoint is that actually it is pretty useful to to transfer the focus to the to the to the abdomen And I think that's actually a good correction um, Because uh, as you say, you know, it has that that centering quality and uh, another thing that you didn't say which I think is a, also a good reason to do it is because um, Up until stage five we spent all of our time focusing on the tip of the nose and so we're very good at focusing the attention but only on the tip of the nose. And if we want, if we want to stabilize the attention anywhere else, we haven't actually developed that skill. And so when you transfer this, the attention to the abdomen and try to stabilize it at the abdomen, you are actually developing a new skill as well. So, so there's that in addition. And, and I think that, that uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really good that you brought this up, Steve, because, because uh, I had kind of glossed over that last week. And, and uh, I think this is, this is a really good point. So um, with that said, I don't see anybody else's hand up. Does that mean that nobody else has a question or are people just being shy? Ah, <laughs> okay. It's so. really, really like that. Like there is no connection between stabilizing your attention in one object and then using that skill to with another object. Well, so, so it, it, that's sort of true at first, but, but as you start doing, so, so remember with the, one of the things you're doing in the body scan is you're actually stabilizing your attention here and then here and then here and then here. And so you are actually 
that's one of the skills that you're working on when you do the body scan practices is stabilizing your attention on a different place each time. And you have to learn a different relationship because there's a tendency, particularly at the beginning, see you later, Carrie, particularly at the beginning, there's a tendency, see you, Gilbert, um, there's a tendency to, <laughs> to, uh, um, there's a tendency to stabilize the attention by kind of putting the attention there. And uh, my experience when I try to do the body scan practice is that if you try to put your attention somewhere, it doesn't really work. And what you actually have to do is have broad awareness and have, have as vivid awareness as you can and then subset out of that the thing that you want your attention on. Um, so it, rather than putting your attention on something, you're kind of just noticing the things that you're supposed to be paying attention to out of the whole field of awareness. Um, and it's a sort of a different relationship to, to the process of stabilizing attention than you start out with when you're, um, when you're first, you know, doing the, the, the TMI practice. Does that make sense? Yeah. See you, Jean-Francois. Okay, so, uh, oh, Oscar has his hand up. Uh, do you hear me? Yes. Okay, I, uh, I thought about this now. Uh, when you're doing the body scanning in stage five, it says to establish the attention on the feelings or sensations in the abdomen before going out to the hands and feet. Uh, what's the significance of that why can't you just go from the nose to the hand uh, right so yeah that's that's actually the discussion we had last week okay um, yeah and and the answer that i gave which i i don't think is wrong but but you know bear in mind what we just said now with uh, with steve's help um the answer that i gave last time is basically you don't have to do that you you it's perfectly fine to just go and investigate the sensations in your hand or your feet or wherever it is that you're, you know, doing the body scan. Um, but the benefit to using the abdomen as opposed to the nose in that sense is that um, the abdomen is actually, my experience has been that the abdomen is a better way of, of, of syncing up with the, with the subtle sensations of the breath in the body. Um, and so like, like, trying to use the sensations of the breath at the tip of the nose doesn't work very well for that in my experience. I'm not saying that this would be true for everybody, but that's been my experience. So, so in that sense, being able to be aware of what's going on at the abdomen is really useful because it helps you to work with the sensations of the breath in the body. Um, and, you know, as, as you heard from the discussion, uh, there are also some other really good reasons to, to put your attention on the abdomen. Um, but, but yeah, you absolutely can do the body scan practice without doing that. And, and it's still useful and it's still worth doing. And in fact, it may be a good entry to the, to the practice because it's one less thing you have to think about and you can always add something more later. So. Okay. Uh, you're, you're recording these, right? But yes. uh, is there a way to view them? The old uh, ones? Yeah, so, so uh, I'm not actually putting the videos up because those have people's faces in them and there's, some folks have expressed sensitivity about that, but the, but the recordings themselves are on my Patreon feed, uh, which uh, I will point out is not um, 
uh, I'm not suggesting that you need to contribute to the Patreon, but, uh, but if you go to the Patreon feed, I'm just using it because it's really convenient. Okay. Um, if you go to the Patreon feed, then, uh, and I'll, I'll send you a link to that. Um, just a sec. Yeah, here we go. So if you go to the Patreon feed, you'll see that, that I have been uploading these and you can even, there's a podcast uh, stream that you can subscribe to there. Okay, so, thank you. Yeah. I have another question, if you have time. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've been in stage four for a long time. Uh, I've, uh, I've improved well, a, a few things. Uh, I'm less dull now and I've done a little bit of stage five practices and I feel I've... Uh, I've gotten more sensitive to feeling the breath in my hands and feet and so on. Mm -hmm. But the thing I'm struggling with is developing introspective awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I'm better at, at these things, I, I sometimes forget my breath and uh, start mind wandering and so on. Mm -hmm. So wh what do you guys think is the best way to develop the introspective awareness? Uh, because in, in stage four, it just says, like, uh, in, intend to be vigilant and, uh, like, do it continuously. And I've been doing that, and, I mean, I don't see a lot of improvement. So, um, I have a couple of questions for you. One, uh, you say that you, you, you go into mind-wandering, and I want to explore what that means to you, because... Okay, well, yeah, maybe not mind-wandering, but I'm forgetting the breath for maybe anywhere between five seconds and a minute. Okay, so when you say forgetting the breath, you've completely forgotten the breath, you're, you're no longer remember that you're meditating, you no longer have mindfulness, you're just somewhere else? Well, sometimes, uh, not always, but yeah, sometimes. Okay, um, if, it's, if, it's, if it's fairly infrequent, I, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much right now. Um, uh, the point I was making is if you, is if you, or the, the thing I was trying to get to is that if you are meditating on the breath and you notice that you're distracted, that's introspective awareness. So do you ever have that experience? Yeah, of course. Okay. So you have introspective awareness. So, um, so then the question is how do I make my introspective awareness better? And yeah. Well, right. Yeah. And the answer to that you know, I mean, I, I, I don't want to give you the definitive answer to that because I, I wouldn't claim to know all definitive answers to that question. But the way that I approach that, let's say, is uh, to work on basically the things that you're working on because introspective awareness isn't something that you, like, there isn't like some thing that you do to develop introspective awareness. Introspective awareness develops as you're doing the things that you do progressing through the stages. So your introspective awareness will get better as you do the stage five practices, it will get better as you do the stage six practices. It will get even better as you do the stage seven practices. That's how you develop introspective awareness. Um, so, so then the way that I would approach this question, uh, rather than saying, how do I develop introspective awareness is what do I need to get through? What, like, what do I, what do I need to get to the point where I can do stage six practices? What's missing? And then if you can identify what's missing or, or you may not even really, because part of the problem here, of course, is that until you, until you've experienced it, you don't really know it. But, but as you're doing these practices, it's likely that you will notice that sometimes you have the ability to do them well. 
and sometimes you don't have the ability to do them well. And part of what makes you have the ability to do them well is how good your introspective awareness is. And so one of the things you can do is notice that. Just notice what's different when stage five practices are going well versus when they're not going well and see if you can identify introspective awareness in that, in that process, in that experience. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Uh, although it's, it's hard to know why, I think, uh, when it's going well and not. Uh, sometimes it just feels different and, and I have right. not a very good idea of, of why. So, so um, I would suggest that you actually intentionally try to um, notice that more. Okay. So, so try to see if you can see more clearly why it's different rather mm. than just that it's different. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to try. I was also thinking of maybe going back to stage three a bit and do the checking in more often. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, I don't know why, but it doesn't feel like um, that I have more um, awareness between checking in, but mm -hmm. somehow I still remember to keep my attention on the breath and to check in. So introspective awareness as it functions for you in keeping your attention on the breath is two things. One is it's awareness of what's going on in your mind. And the other is it's the habit patterns where when you're aware that something isn't going the way you intend for it to go, you actually do something. And when I say you do something, what I really mean is something happens because you aren't yeah. really doing it, right? It's just happening. It's just happening in the background. It's sort of an unconscious process that's, that's keeping your attention on the breath. So, so it's, it's both introspective awareness and that set of habit patterns that allows you to progress through the stages. Um, and, uh, you know, so uh, I'll share a post that I did uh, last week that, that might be a little bit helpful about that. Um, and uh, what I would suggest is um, maybe take a look at this post and see if it's helpful to you um, and try to do some of the observing that we just talked about and check back in next week and let's see how that went. Because yeah. I think that, you know, this is in order to in order to really answer your question, we're going to have to go through an iterative process. This is not going to be like, I'm not going to be able to give you an answer that satisfies you today. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Jamie has a question. Hello, Welcome. Can you hear me? Hi. Yeah. Uh, you could turn it up uh, a little bit. <clears throat> uh, You're fine. Got, You're fine. Got a gain. Uh, yes. Hello. Hi. Um, so basically um i'm in a sort of a similar place where i'm stage four a lot of the time um and you know sometimes it feels like i'm definitely operating in stage five because gross distractions have really died down and i'm just there in this quite quiet space there's maybe a little bit of sort of running commentary but it, it's it, it doesn't intrude a lot it's just like uh you know this is going going long um i think part of the problem is that like when i get to that place i'm like right okay stage five i've got to deal with subtle dullness and stuff and i'm like i have no idea how to do that it's in like an invisible enemy and i just feel really like yeah. <laughs> paranoid about it i guess i i was doing a thing where i had like repeating woodblock sounds on insight timer 
just to like in my headphones making me go like, oh Jesus, that was uh, <laughs> that was yeah. shocking because I'm just trying to test. Like, uh, I guess I, I want to know for sure whether subtle dullness is present. Mm-hmm. But uh, now I'm a bit less bothered. I've stopped doing that. I was like, that's that's, that's just stupid. I mean, <laughs> a lot of the time it just makes you feel frustrated because you're like, subtle dullness is still there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically, I think the thing is, when I do body scan practices, I think what tends to happen is that, like, um, my because I'm focusing so hard trying to detect really subtle sensations, my awareness tends to close in, like, on what, wherever I'm sort of body scanning. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, uh, and, like, so I'm, I'm not checking in either. Like, usually, if I'm in stage four, I can keep, like, what I can usually do is check in repeatedly up until a point where because I'm expecting to check in soon, my awareness is automatically flagging things as they yes. come up. So it yes. sort of goes on autopilot and I'm like, yes, okay. I, you know, things is now in real time rather than like occasionally checking. Yeah. It's like everything's popping up and being, being caught immediately. Mm-hmm. I guess when I start body scanning, like that, that virtuous or like good cycle kind of gets disrupted and then I get in a bit of a pickle and then I'll generally stop body scanning a lot of the time because I get quite a gross distraction or something. I'm like, damn, now I'm not stage five, so I can't be body scanning. Uh, (laughs) All right. So so let me say a couple of things about what you just said. First of all, you actually kind of nicely answered Oscar's question. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, But uh, also, what you're doing there is, is something that, that I certainly started doing, that I, that I did when I started doing the body scan practice and eventually had to unlearn. Um, and that goes to what I was talking about with attention and awareness earlier, which is if you think about what attention is, attention is, uh, is a, a subsetting of, of what's in awareness. So awareness encompasses everything that you're experiencing, right? That's your entire experiential field is in awareness whatever that may be. If awareness is really closed down, it might not be very much, but it's everything. Whatever it is, it's everything. So what you really want when you're in the stage five practice is to have everything be big and then to have attention be scoped within that, not to have attention on this and then have everything be as big as it can be. So in other words, flip it around. Like see if you can, see if you can make having attention be broad or even just having attention be the body. Um, and that doesn't mean like that you have to f- be feeling everything that there is to feel in the body, but just try to make sure that you actually have that in, sorry, not an attention, an awareness. Like everything that's in the body should in principle be eligible to be an awareness. And then uh, rather than trying to put your attention on a particular part of the body, see if you can uh, notice in awareness the sensations that are coming from that part of the body. Because what, that, that has a couple of benefits. One, I think it's actually easier to do. Um, and the other is that, that it requires awareness to be broad, and that automatically works against dullness happening. Um, so, so that's a practice suggestion. The other thing is um, it's actually really, really normal when you start doing the stage five practices for dullness to come, for, uh, sorry, for, uh, for, for gross distraction to come. Because... What's going on is that the energy level of your mind is going up and down, right? As when you when you land in that place where it feels like, oh, I could do stage five practices, where you are is in a state of stable, subtle dullness, and that's why it feels like you can do stage five practices. 
Stable subtle dullness is a state where the energy level of your mind is at whatever it is. Maybe it's 50%, maybe it's a 70%, whatever. Um, when you start doing the body scan practice, your energy level comes up. When your energy level comes up, the opportunity for you to be distracted gets stronger. And so it's totally normal and natural that as you're working with stable subtle dullness um, and you, you increase the energy level of your mind, you will get distracted. And that's okay. It, that I, when I say that it's okay, I don't mean don't worry about it, don't do anything. I just mean that's going to happen and that's a natural part of the practice. And when that happens, you just do the thing that you have to do in stage four to get stability again at that higher energy level. And so there's going to be this continual ratcheting up process where the energy level gets higher, the distractions come back again, you have to deal with that. And then, and so it's whenever you, whenever you notice when you're doing stage five practices that you get gross distraction, you should be like, yeah, I'm succeeding. I'm winning. I mean, you know, really pat yourself on the back because, because that's what's going on. You really are succeeding in the practice. It's not bad news. It's good news. Um, and then just deal with it. Okay. Okay. That's, that's an interesting take on it. Yeah. Um, cause uh, previously like, it just tended to lead to like a bit of frustration and like, yep. damn, you know, this is, yep. this is annoying. Yep. This is not what we want to happen. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, the other thing is that like, I, I think because of that, like a lot of the time I, I would just sort of put off doing a body scan and be like, Oh, you know, yep. I could start body scanning now, but I'm just going to keep sitting here because this is quite pleasant being yes. in a state where like, yes. I, you know, I, I, I guess stable subtle dullness is success. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Things are going well right now. Right. I not rock the boat too much. Yeah. 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 As soon as I start doing this, it'll destabilize this like very fragile, like stability that I've built. Yeah. But take heart. I mean, you will actually experience a much higher degree of stability of the same type with that's even more satisfying when you get to stage seven and stage eight. So, you know, you have that to look forward to. And, and you know, you can enjoy that. When you get to that state of stability in stage four, you can be like, this could be, this is great, but this could be so much better. And then, and then use that as a way to psych yourself up to do the body scan. Okay, we are almost at uh, the hour and a half point. Um, does anybody have any last questions they'd like to raise before we close? Adrian? No? Or you were kind of making little motions towards your phone. All right. Well, um, <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for coming. It's been great having you. Um, and uh, hopefully, I'll see some or all of you again next weekend. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Ciao. Thank thanks. You. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.